So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. This is episode number three, and I am so excited that you're here. I've got a great show lined up for you today, and I think you're going to get a lot of information for it, from it. And before we start, here's what I just really need you to do. I need you to jump on over, even if you have to hit pause, go to kahunawealthbuilders.com and download my Quick Start Workshop. This is going to be a great little two video series that you're going to need and you're going to use to really increase your knowledge of how to find deals and how to find OPM, private money, other people's money. It's very important that you get this. It's going to help you succeed and grow and learn faster on the techniques and the things that I'm going to teach you in this podcast. Um, also, if you can be so kind... I would love a iTunes review. The only way this podcast gets celebrated through iTunes is with reviews, and yours is very, very much appreciated. So let's get started and let's get into it. This is episode number three of looking how to find cash flowing properties that are going to provide us with money now money later, and a lot of money in the future. It's getting paid for the work you do once, time, and time again. So I want to welcome all you tired flippers out there, all you single-family real estate guys that are ready to level up and start playing the big game, and all you doctors, lawyers, all you busy professionals, and even the people that are not even that, that are looking to do something big and great. I want to thank you because you are in the right place. I'm giving it all out. I don't leave anything to uh, hide and I'm pretty real. And so I think that's what people like about me is, you know, I just kind of tell it how it is. And um, whether you like it or not, it just kind of comes out. <laughs> and um, I'm my, my hope or goal is that I can entice you enough that you'll want to start doing the game of multifamily investing. Because for me, I mean, one deal can change your life forever and, you know, really set you up for a lifetime of cash flow. So before we get started, the first thing that I really, really need you to do is I need you to head over to kahunawealthbuilders.com. So kahunawealthbuilders.com and go download our free quick start workshop. And you're going to want to do this because um, I can only go over so much over the audio. There's things that I really need to show you how things work 
so you can kind of like level up and you're going to need to see that. So I, I, I've created three video series and they're long video series. Um, and really it's going to show you how to find, acquire, fund 100 unit plus apartment deals using, and this is important, other people's money. And I love that part about this business is you can get paid a lot by knowing how to raise money. You know, people always ask me, Corey, is, you know, is there money in real estate? And the answer is yes, but the truth is the money is in the money. Remember that because it is very, very uh, true and it's accurate. So last episode, we talked about the secret language of apartments and how I'm going to start revealing all these terms as we go through and I start teaching, I, I'm going to realize there's terms that you're probably not going to know. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pause and say, Hey, you know, this is, this is something you need to pay attention to because there is a language of multifamily investing and you've got to start learning it. So when you're coming across to other brokers out there, you kind of uh, know what you're talking about. At least you're perceived as you know what you're doing. And that's important. Um, we also talked about cap rate, how cap rate is important, how cap rate affects the value of properties. So we want to buy at higher cap rates and we want to sell at a lower cap rate, right? That's generally what we're trying to do. And then we also talked about the reason when we buy properties, we don't want to buy them to hope that appreciation happens. We really want to buy them for cash flow. We're buying all our properties based on a cash flow model. And I find that's very important because a lot of guys out there, I think they sometimes they make the mistake of trying to buy for appreciation. And what happens if something goes wrong? What happens if something goes wrong in the market, the economy that they can't control, and now they're setting up for failure? And I don't think that's a good idea at all. So we're in the middle, uh, actually, number two of the six pillars for success for cash flowing departments. Right, we did the discovering the secrets of language uh, of apartments. Now we're going to do, uh, you know, basically the secret to finding great apartment deals. And we're going to also be talking about how to analyze the deals, how to make offers, how to fund your deals, how to become a great operator, right? And best practices. In other words, how to get as much income out of properties as possible and how to decrease the expenses, how to make your property run smoother and better, how to get better cash flowing tenants, how to make sure that they pay on time. There's lots and lots of little things to go in that go into the apartment industry. And it doesn't have to be done all by you, but you've got to be knowledgeable about it so you can instruct your management company to do the things for you. So I'll give you an example. So in one of our, our pro in our properties, um, you know, nowadays, the cool thing is that we all have iPhones, iPads, I this, I that, and they all require power. You know, it's like uh, if you go to my house, sometimes it's like everybody's, you know, rushing to find the power. And so I've solved that problem by going to Home Depot or Lowe's and buying like this $4 outlet that not only has the plugins, but it also has the, the little uh, UCB uh, outlets where you can plug in uh your UCB stuff to go into your iPhones. And that makes a lot, a lot, a lot of difference. And so what we've done in our apartments, because most of the apartments that we buy are tend to be, you know, built in the seventies and eighties, maybe early nineties. 
and they don't have those plugins. I mean, my home was built in 2006. It doesn't have them. So we started um, adding that into our deals now, and, and they find that's a really nice selling feature because it makes it brings something new and people because people need it, and a lot of people don't. I mean, it's a three dollar it's a three dollar thing, so it's very easy for us to do and install. But we get a lot more bang out of that three bucks, and so isn't that nice? So that's one of the things you should be doing because it means a lot to people because. When your kids need to plug in their stuff and you've got a spot for it, it makes you look good. Okay, so uh, this is on how to, you know, the secret to finding apartment deals episode. So in my mind, there's really kind of two general ways to find deals. Then there's, there's more than two, but I'm going to go with the two that I think are the best practices that you get the most out of to teach. And the first one is uh, you can find ways to make money by using direct mail. I call it the direct mail route. And this is very good in uh, going direct direct to the buyer. So when you do direct mail, you're sending letters out uh, straight to the owners of properties. And it works really, really well with properties that are usually between uh, five units up to maybe 50 and maybe a little bit more. But Somewhere in there is a really, really sweet spot of doing direct mail. And the reason is, is because those types of owners of those properties are probably not more, um, more single family guys that have kind of went big a little bit in their minds and they did some smaller, you know, some bigger stuff, 15, 20 unit uh, buildings or maybe a group of quads here and there, right? It's not a bad idea. And you can usually get, to them directly. Now, um, it's not as effective for bigger units, right? And the reason is, is because when you have 100 units plus, you're normally going to only sell it with a broker. And why is that? It's just because that's the way it's usually done. Now, that's not to say that you can't, because I've got a good friend named Brian Adams, and Brian absolutely crushed it in a deal in um, uh, Dallas, I believe, where he found it as a, it's like a 250 unit deal and he got to the owner. And so the one thing about getting to the owner, that's a big plus is that you don't have a broker involved. And so lots of times you can get a lot more creative you can do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do with a broker because brokers, all they want to do is sell it because that's really about the only way they can get paid. But when you're dealing directly with an owner without a broker, it allows for a lot more creative finance or create, you know, maybe they want to do an owner carry. Maybe they want to, you know, get tax on all that money they're going to about, be about to make. So there's lots of strategies and lots of ways that I think direct mail is very, very efficient in finding motivated sellers, right? Motivated sellers that want to sell or that are looking to sell. And sometimes sometimes just, just simply not having to pay a 4% broker fee is reason enough for people to want to call you up if they can see you as a creditable buyer. So a lot of it's about positioning. And so we're going we're gonna to go into that a little bit. Now, the other way to find deals, which I think is a, is a fairly easier way, 
and um, maybe not get as the most craziest deals, but you still get a lot of deals out of this. It's just what I call broker relations. And that is a broker relations is really just that is you want to establish the markets that you like, and then you want to get to know all the main brokers in that area. And you're going to have them send you all the deals in that market. And so then you start having a nice pipeline. And so I don't think it should be one or the other. I think you should all, you should employ both methods and, um, you know, have a way to set up to kind of analyze these deals, which is what we're going to talk about in the next episode is how to analyze the deals. But right now, this, this episode's focused on getting deal flow, getting things to look at. And, uh, you know, it, it takes, there's a process to it to get good deal flow and to get the right deal flow. Okay. So let's go into the direct mail method and kind of how does that work? How, you know, what, what would you do? And so I'm just going to kind of lay it out in my mind, step by step, what you need to do right now if you wanted to get a direct mail campaign out to apartment owners. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to listsource.com. It's all one word, listsource.com. This is a list buying place where you can kind of pull up any list that you're looking for. And specifically in this source, you're going to be doing a couple things. One, first you got to choose your geography. So there's like a little geography tab and you're going to choose the MSA um, that you're looking for. So like the greater Phoenix area or the greater San Antonio area, whatever that is, that's what the MSA is, right? I'm going to pick that out. Um, so the next thing you're going to do is you're going to go to the property property tab and you're going to find properties that were built between 1970s and 1990. And now why is that? Because we're looking for B and C properties and most of those are built right in between the the uh, you know 70s and the early 90s. So this is a good way to get a good um, list. And if you're not getting enough, you can open it up. If you get too many, you can shorten it down. Um, and then the, the third thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go into that property uh, tab again and, and go to property type, and you're going to choose multifamily residential apartments. And this is going to create a list for you. Now, um, I just did that same thing, that whole process, right, in Phoenix, in my market, um, where I, or at least with the market that I live, not the market that I invest in. And I used those filters. I picked up 292 contact records. So that's not a huge list. In fact, with that amount of, of, of list, I'm probably going to send like nice looking uh, birthday cards, six by nine type of envelope cards, letters that um, people can open. Now, so when you, when you send those type of letters, you want to make sure that you send it not in a white envelope, but in a colored envelope, something that looks like it's a happy birthday card because people love opening that type of mail. And really for 292, if you don't get it handwritten, you're kind of crazy. You should be actually handwriting that stuff. You can sit down, hire somebody to write 292 contact records to send out that mailing. It shouldn't be that much of a problem. So once you have that 292 records, um, you're going to send out the letters. And so, um, but 
so now let's talk about the copy. So um, I, I'll have to find out. Either I'll, I'll um, get it on my website or on uh, my Facebook for this. But I'm, I want to kind of give you guys the copy that you, I think you'll need. So you can do one or two ways. You can do the postcards. I, I like personally like postcards. Um, I can get real creative with a copy. I can have strong copy. And I like a call to action. But the call to action, whether it's a postcard or a letter, should be, and I, I see a lot of people make this mistake, they put a, 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 um, a URL or like a website to go to. And that's, that's a mistake. A lot, a lot of people make that mistake of putting, what, what happens is a lot of times they put two things. They'll put a phone number, but then they'll also put a website. And when you do that, you're all people are going to go to the website first, I promise you. And then they're going to choose whether or not they want your stuff. And basically, you, you just if they don't choose you, you'll never know that they were even there. So I find that that's not what I want to do. I, I want my call to action to always be a phone call because the phone call is trackable, it's important, and you, you want to use, in my opinion, a phone call. So if that's the case, now you need to set up a phone number. And you should have a phone number for each market that you're using specifically for that market because you want to appear local. Even though you may not be local, you want to appear more local. And you do that by having a local phone number. Very important. And you can do that by going to callrail, C-A-L-L-R-A-I-L.com. So callrail.com. And this really is the cheapest solution, in my opinion, for great uh, tracking. Because not only does it track the calls, but it also will record the calls. And so that's very important. And if you will take that and you can import CallRail into another system called Podio. So Podio.com. And you can create a, you know, a little... Um, seller leads uh, deal in Podio, then every time a phone call comes, a new record's created and it's, and it's inputted into Podio. And now you have something that you can work from. You can set up a new task to call back later or whatnot. And it's by far the cheapest solution, I think, for tracking these calls. And so you can track your follow-up. It's, it's more important in the follow-up than it is just taking the call. So when those people do call, so here, you know, like what's going on? What are you trying to do? In my opinion, there's really two, two things you're trying to do. The first thing is you're trying to determine kind of like the motivation level. Are you wanting to sell your property or not? And if they are, then great. I need to get some information. And, you know, the information that you're looking for, and this is if it's a, you know, this is normally a owner that's going to be calling you. So you're looking for, hey, listen, great. I would love to buy your property. Um, Mr. Smith, what I really need is, you know, a current rent roll, rent roll. So that's another name. So what is a rent roll? A rent roll is a list of all the units available and how much they're rented for. So if there's an empty unit, it has a zero in it because it's getting no rent. But it's a way to, that's what it's called, rent roll. And um, so all the units leased up and the amounts they are paying. And then at least, and then the other thing you want is at least 
a three months trailing P&L, profit and loss statement. So at least three months trailing, meaning the last three months financials for that property. That's going to give you a little bit of idea of the expense. Now, you'd prefer, though, if you could get it, preferred a trailing 12-month P&L. And why is that? It's going to give you a lot better information. So three months trailing and uh, or 12 months trailing and a current rent roll. Now, is everybody going to have this? Probably not. And in fact, um, a lot of the smaller guys, if they're like 10, 12 units, they're, they're probably not going to have all this stuff. And so then you kind of go a little bit slower. How many units do you have? What's the rent that you're getting for each one? How many, is there different styles? And you want to kind of, you're going to have to walk them through it, but you want to get how many units they have, which, what units are rented, um, what, what's the rent amounts, and then we need to try to get, figure out a little bit of what they're paying on you know, repairs and fix-up. You, know, you want to know what their utilities are. And that will help you get a little bit better idea because we're going to talk about analyzing deals on the next episode. So right now it's just about let's just try to get some deal flow. Let's try to get some opportunities to look at deals and see what's going on and whether you can make anything with them. So the great thing about the direct mail method is people are calling you and you know either they're telling you to take them off their list, which happens a lot, or they're going to be motivated. And, um, you know, we usually say out of every 25 calls, one of the one, one person in, in 25 is somewhat motivated. And so that's not, that's not bad. It's not a bad place to be. And really, I mean, that's, there's nothing more to it than just that is going out, finding a list, sending out either a letter or a postcard and get it out there, get it working and watch your phone ring. And the trick is to make sure that you're sending it out to the right uh, source. And so if you're using that list source and you ch click in the geography, the property you built and the property type, you're gonna get the list of current owners. And so that, my friend, is how you use the direct mail method. So now let's move on to the broker method. So the broker method is definitely different. And so, again, you've got to determine the markets that you want to go and be in. And so when you find those markets, the next thing is, is you're not going to know the brokers in the area. So, like, how do you find them? Well, thank God to the, uh, the Internet and what it provides is there's a, um, a URL called loopnet.com. So you want to go to loop.net net.com and um, what this place what is what loopnet is is a place where multifamily guys because there's really not an mls for multifamilies so but there is an, a place and we call it loopnet and that's where a lot of brokers list their multifamily deals now right now we're not trying particularly to find deals as we're really trying to find the people who are listing deals and listing multifamily deals in the markets that we're interested in. So we're going to select the multifamily and we're going to select the unit size 
And most of the time, you want to use at least 50 units to find the guys that list the bigger deals. And if you want to find the guys that list the smaller deals, use the smaller, right? So it's either or. And then you're going you're gonna to kind of find the listings. You're going to see what deals there that are up for sale. And what you're really interested in is just the names and numbers of all these brokers. And so you're going to actually make a phone call to the broker himself. And so at now, this may be an intimidating call for a lot of new people. Okay, I want to... It is sometimes. It's a little bit nerve-wracking. So one of the best ways to like get kind of used to it is to pick a market that's not yours that you don't want to be in and practice (laughs) right what a great idea so in fact i absolutely recommend it that you do it this way because brokers are trained to sniff out and find newbies and weed them out and they do it very quickly. And you'll find that brokers, they're kind of arrogant sometimes. Not all of them are. But they're really trying to find people that are buying multifamilies that can close and then that are not tire kickers. And they've been trained to kind of find you out. So this is the part where it's a little bit more important that we pay attention to how you're going to talk to these brokers. Because it's all about the setup. And also, it's really all about the confidence. You want to have extreme confidence when you're talking with brokers. And so you may want to practice in another market first until you feel confident that you can talk to these brokers. Because the truth is, they're just people like us. I mean, they're, they're no different from you and me. Um, but, you know, they th- sometimes they think they are because they list multifamily, you know, these million-dollar properties. Well, guess what? You buy multifamily properties. So we should have, even if you've not bought one yet, it doesn't matter. You're going to. So act as if you've got about a thousand units under your belt and like you're kind of the big, big deal. And that's kind of how you want to be is like, I'm kind of a big deal. And if you'll think that way, it will come across that way and brokers will think it's true. So one of the ways that I like to approach uh, when I'm talking to a new broker in a new area that maybe I've picked, I always say that I do deals in different markets and I'm looking to open up and get involved in this market. And I'll tell him why. So I'll, I'll give him some things like, hey, listen, I've been doing a lot of market research on this city in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. And I'm really been, I've really been impressed in the job growth and... Um, this and that, and, uh, you know, I like the manufacturing ability that's in that market, and um, I, I think the city planning is, is in a good space, and I really just want to talk to you about that market and, you know, kind of get your opinion of it and, and what do you know about it, right? Because I, I have my suspicions, but I'm just trying to check and see if they're true. And really, this is the whole, you know, this is we're playing the game of, hey, tell me about this, you know, the area. So, you know, you know, what part of town, what, what parts of town are more desirable? So like, you know, um, you know, is the north part, you know, where do you think the best place of town is? Where's the path of progress? 
what parts of town are less desirable, broker? And you say, in the, you know, in this area, where's the best average occupancy rate? You know, what area is that? And and just start asking. Letting he, and when you ask these questions, to ask them and shut up. Because a lot of times, these brokers, they love to show you how smart they are. And let them show you how smart they are. Because you're going to get an education. You're just taking notes. And they'll usually they'll know what the average occupancy rate in the area is. Where the path of progress is going for, um, you're gonna you're gonna uh, show them or tell them that you're a B and C type of buyer that you're always looking for value add opportunities, right? There's another word, value add. What does that mean? That means that you're not afraid to do rehab, or it could mean that you're um, you're just looking for a way to have some a pretty good upside. And that's important. So we look for value add. Um, you'd be looking for something that may be a momentum play. So value add means you're going to do a lot more work, kind of rehab stuff. A momentum play, right? It's a key word. When you're saying this to brokers, they're, they're, they're going to know that you're, that you're talking their language a little bit. Uh, and momentum play means just something that's already stabilized, and that's usually between 90, you know, 85% to, to 90, 95% occupancy can be stabilized asset. And that has um, more of a slow building up, you know, rise. So in other words, it's, it's not going to be a huge deal, a lot, not a lot of profit into it, but it's just a nice momentum play. Like you can buy it now and operate it, make money, and then you can increase uh, occupancy a little bit, maybe raise rents, do a little, you know, do a little tweaking what we'd call like a, a micro repositioning where you're just tweaking out some of the little things in units. It could be as simple as just like the fixtures, right? Put new lighting fixtures in the bathrooms, in the kitchen, maybe some new switches, right? And those things are not that expensive. And one of the things that I do on almost all my properties now is that, you know, with the new thing with, all the iPhones and everything that takes, you know, needs power is they now make those new resets plugins where not only do they have plugins, but they have plugins for your USB stuff to power your iPhones, your, your, all, all your stuff that we need now. You got to have like these little outlets that do all that stuff. So we put those in our units now because I think it's, it's a, it's kind of for a 70s built property. There's not a lot of people that have that are like forward thinking enough because that's like a $2 plug. Like, come on, like, let's buy that. Let's put it in every unit that we own in the bedrooms and in the, in the kitchen. Come on. And that makes things, you know, really good. So um, you're also asking, you know, it's showing them that you want to purchase B and C buildings in the area. Um, in B and C areas, you know, we love buying a C building in a B area, right? Or a B area in a, a B property in a B plus area. And at the end of the day, what you're going to, when you're going to finish the conversation, wait, let me, let me back up. Forgot one of the most important things you got to start doing with these people is after you have some rapport with the guy, Right. You got to start. You got to start taking it to a personal level, and you want to do this as soon as possible, if you can, because you want to. You want to have more than just 
business sometimes to talk about when you're talking to brokers. So, you know, one of the ways I like to say, hey, what is there to do for fun in your city? You know, what do you like to do for fun in your city? And, you know, let them tell you again what they like to do because they're telling you what they like. And you got to make sure you write this down in your notes because when you follow up with that broker, it's going to be so important that you remember what he likes. And so you can start your conversation the next time talking about the thing that he likes. And that is how you build relationship. And you'll never get on someone's short list unless you have relationship. And I can't over uh, estimate the value of having relationships with brokers. It's not broker contacts. It's relationships with brokers. And to have a relationship, you got to know more than just the guy's a broker and he sells multifamily real estate. You got to know what they like, how many kids they have, you know, what do their kids do? The kids like sports. I mean, you got to get down to that type of level to get these guys to get you on the shortlist because here is how it works in let's say for in the broker world if a broker gets a listing let's say he goes out and he's doing all this direct mail marketing which was we just talked about right and he finally gets someone that's ready to sell a property he then is going to first market that that property to his own internal list of guys that buy properties and why is that? Does anybody know why? It should be very obvious. Is because he wants to get both sides of the commission. He wants to get that full 4%. And he'll get it if he can sell it to his own list. So every broker, that's the first thing they do. And that's very smart for them to do it that way. And so if you're not on that short list, you're not going to get it. And that's just the way it works. Now, not every broker is like this, but the smart ones that make lots of money, you bet your ass they are because they want to get both sides of the money. And it's very, very easily done when they have big list. So let's say they do that and they can't get it sold. So the next place they're going to take that and shop it around is to their brokerage. So everybody inside their brokerage. So they have their internal list, and now they're going to market it to the list in the office and see if anybody, because they, if they're going to share, they'd much rather share with someone in their office that's doing the same thing right? Kind of a no-brainer. And then the last thing they're going to do is blast it out, out on LoopNet, and, you know, put it out there to the, the multitudes. Now, sometimes, now with technology, I'm not going to lie, sometimes they all do this all at once. But the good brokers, in my opinion, still, they, they really realize that there's the power of getting the double-sided listing, and, and, and they have good lists. And they keep those lists up, they follow up, and so they're going to try to sell it to their list first. 
And that is, in my opinion, is an important reason why those broker relationships are so valuable and so important because um, you won't get on a broker shortlist unless you have a relationship with them. And or or <laughs> there's another way to get on a broker shortlist. And this is this is after you've done your first deal. When you've done your first deal in a market, you are going to make sure that you call every broker that you were working with and you're going to inform them that you and your company just closed on this multifamily deal. Chances are they already know this, but you're going to make sure that you spell it out for each and every one. And then you're going to specifically ask them to make sure that they put you on their short list. And now the other trick is that this is again, this is a relationship strategy. So if you're just calling this guy once a while, right? Like once in whoever, when you think about it, it's not going to really work. You want to be calling brokers at least once a month. And then when they send you deals, like they send you a deal. And now let me get this straight too. Let's say you make a call and you get some brokers and they say, yeah, you know, get me on, you know, we're going to send you some stuff realize that when they first send you stuff, a broker packet, it is probably going to be filled with junk. It's going to be everything that you probably don't want. Um, and that's okay because they're not going to put you on the short list. They're going to, they're going to send you all the old listings and they're going to hope that you're going to buy something. Cause that means you're a sucker. Right now, not, not, not every time there's always exceptions, but your whole goal is when you call these brokers up is that you're going to get their mark. You're going to ask them to get their marketing brochures, right? And that's, they're going to call the broker packet. So broker packet, you send you the broker packet and the, the thing that's going to impress people the most is when you do the market analysis which is what we're going to talk about next. Um, and you're going to follow up with feedback of why this is or may not be a deal or that you need more information. But it's showing that you're working on the deals that they're sending you. And that, my friend, again, is very, very powerful when working with brokers because they feel like everybody doesn't give a crap. And so if you start showing that you're kind of giving a crap and you're going through the, the motions and you're looking at these deals and then you're telling them why they're, they are or not deals and you start trying to get him to be more in tune with what you're looking for. And A, it's going to allow you in their eyes to become a more credible buyer or credible buying source. And, you know, that's, that's a big part of getting deals or, or calls from brokers saying, hey, John, or hey, Corey, I got this deal that I just got up and I want to, sh I want to shoot it to you first. Tell me that's not a good feeling, right? When you get that relationship. So, and the, the other thing is that you just want to underwrite everything. So what I'm showing you now is, is once you start getting these, you know, deal flow coming in, your job is just to grind the numbers through the analysis and the analysis is what we're going to, we're going to tackle tomorrow, uh, next week, next week's podcast. And the analysis is, is everything. It really is everything. 
So you'll only be on the, sh uh, the, the short list once you've called the broker back and responded to all the deals they've sent you. That's just the way it is. You got to create the relationship with the brokers in that market. And so then it's just, again, a matter of crunching the numbers, right? So congratulations. You've just learned two solid ways to find apartment deals in any market in the United States. It's just that simple. So you either send out some direct mail or you start calling brokers and get them to start sending you packets. And it'll start happening with the goal, if you're calling the brokers, is to establish the relationships to eventually get on a short list. So, all right, coming up in the next episode, we're going to talk about the anal analyzing secrets for apartment deals. Basically, I'm going to teach you how to set up underwriting so you can look at and evaluate whether these deals are good or not good or what would make them good and how to determine cash flow. And not only how to determine cash flow, but if I was to use investor capital, could this deal really work? And then also I'm going to give you some what I think are the most important part of the underwriting thing is my rules of thumb of cost per door. So we've been doing this for a while and we understand what cost should be in apartment buildings. And so we do it on a per door basis. And I'm going to give you my numbers of how we underwrite. And we underwrite very conservatively and we do it for a reason because we, we know that the money is in the money. Right? I talked about this. The money is in the money. And so we want to protect our capital at all times. And so when we're doing our analysis, we want to be very, very systematic and very conservative in the underwriting. And then if things, things get better, that's awesome. But we definitely don't want things to get worse. So we're going to be a very conservative in our underwriting. We're going to use my rules of thumb of, of cost per door. And that's going to help you get to that next level. All right. So before we go, remember, first thing, if you've not done it yet, go to uh, Kahuna Wealth Builders, get my quick start workshop. And also, number two, if you'd be so kind to go into iTunes and give me a review on this podcast. And when I start the next one, I'm going to give a shout out to some of, the, some of you guys and then I might even have some free stuff for you so again go to kahunawealthbuilders.com 